0: Amen. Well, um, it's been quite a roller coaster. Uh, uh, Pastor Chuck, uh, last week, was it last week we went to the doctor? Yeah, last okay, so last week, uh, well, two weeks ago, two weeks ago yeah. um, I felt a lump in my breast, and I went to the doctor, and the doctor examined me, and she says, well, I feel two lumps. She said, and I want you to go have a mammogram. Uh, right away so that was on a monday so and an ultrasound ultrasound. she said and and i went don't wait she said just go right now and so on wednesday we went well monday and tuesday when i tell you that my husband prayed the heavens down he prayed the heavens down and believe in god for a good report so anyway um the doctor sent the chart over and it showed pictures of my left and right breasts and where, where the lumps were and whatnot. They did the mammogram, they did the <laughs> ultrasound, and the doctor called Charles and I, and he says, I don't see anything. All right. He said, I don't, he said, I know what the doctor said, I know what you said, and he said, I want you to feel your breast. do you feel anything? And I said, no. He says, well, I don't know what to tell you, but you can look at both reports. He had us in the dark room with the expert, he said, there's nothing there. So, I want to, I'm giving God the glory, the praise, the honor, the, I salute him, and I magnify him, I don't even know what to say, I'm just rejoicing in the Lord. The thing is, that I had to sit in the radiology room, and it was like freezing, and you had to take your clothes off, so now I got a cold. (laughs) So, so the cold went away, and then Friday, I guess the enemy says, well, she's got to preach Sunday, so I'm going to give her another slug, okay, so uh, it just kind of came back Saturday, so, but I knew, I said, well, so Charles, you know, my, my prayer warrior, my prayer partner, he said, don't worry about it, he said, when you get up to preach, you're going to be just fine, and uh, so I'm feeling good in Jesus' name, amen, I am healed in Jesus' name, and I'll take a cold to something going wrong in my breast any day in the week, okay, amen, honey, could you pass me a Kleenex, please, I going to start well, uh, there's an exciting word uh, that God has just shared with me. Thank you. Uh, and I'm really excited to share it. I'm excited about your theme this month. Um, <clears throat> and uh, uh, as I prayed, you know, uh, I, um, I thought about the nation and all that we're going through as a nation right now, and all that we're going through as individuals in terms of having to deal with things uh, in our culture that we never thought we would see. This is like a new day, a new age, and it's going to take um, a new insight and perspective and understanding of how, to, uh, how God wants us as believers to navigate in this time and this age. Amen? So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you right now, Lord. I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank, the Holy, thank you right now that the Holy Spirit is here, Lord, and that he is speaking through me, that the words that are written in this page are being lifted up and riding on the wings of the Holy Spirit and finding a permanent dwelling place in the heart of every hearer. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Um, from the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. And we are going to be looking at Ephesians 3, 17, and 18. And for many of you, this is a familiar passage. It is a prayer that Paul is praying for the church at Ephesus. It is a small church in a very, very big city. Let me tell you something a little bit about this. This is his prayer to the Ephesians, but I want to tell you something so you can understand uh, why Paul would pray prayer, Paul is the writer of this of the book of Ephesians, by the way, but why he would pray this particular prayer over this particular people. Um, Ephesus uh, um, was a great city in its day, and I mean and and it was and within Ephesus was one of the seven wonders of the world. Ephesus was a seaport city, Uh, uh, a very uh, affluent city, because it was a city uh, where uh, it was a crossroads between Europe and the Middle Middle East, where uh, the traders came, you know, to trade and to bargain, and uh, it was a very, very wealthy coastal city. And Anything sound familiar? A wealthy coastal city. Does that sound familiar to you? A wealthy coastal city, an affluent, wealthy coastal city. Um, one of the, the, the pride of Ephesus was a, uh, a shrine, and it was to the goddess Diana, okay? And this shrine was so known around the world that people came from around the world to visit the shrine of Diana to worship there. There were 25 miles, 25 miles of marble road that led to the shrine. Of Diana and along it were pillars large pillars that stood along the road where the travelers would come off the ships off the boats and they would uh, uh, the merchants would be there and they would sell these little silver statues of the goddess Diana and all along the road as you went toward the shrine uh, they would be selling Diana t-shirts Diana caps and snacks and all this kind of stuff so it was a very prosperous prosperous town and underneath the temple and the shrine uh, of Diana uh, was also the bank of Ephesus. That's where they kept the money. So it was a very, very important place uh, where people worshipped the goddess Diana. Now, uh, in the midst of this affluent city uh, where there was all kind of idolatry, all kind of perversion, I mean, you name any kind of perversion that you could think of, it was done in Ephesus. Ephesus set the set the moral code for the whole uh, uh, um, uh, known world, of Ephesus and Corinth and Philippi, all of these perverted cities. But they set the moral code for the rest of the world. Does that sound familiar? Okay. Well, whatever people were trying out in Ephesus, they were, if they would come to Ephesus and finding out they were doing certain perverted things, That's what they would carry that um, back to their part of the world. So Paul, so now in the midst of this, this little church under 10th of Timothy's guidance springs up in the midst of all of this craziness, all of this insanity. And you would think that if Ephesus was one of the seven wonders of the world, what was going on in Ephesus, uh, one of the wealthiest world uh, places in the world, but the only thing that we really know about Ephesus in this modern day, a thousand years later, is the little church that has come to know, be known and written as a letter to, and, the, and we call it the book of Ephesians. Amen? The letter to the Ephesians. Um, so even though this church was very small uh, and suffered tremendous persecution, many of you may remember the story of how... Uh, Paul came to preach his Ephesus, and he uh, uh, had them burn their witchcraft books, and uh, and they, and all of the, uh, 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 those who were making those little, the silversmiths were upset, you know, that he had come to Ephesus and turned it upside down, because people weren't buying the statues of Diana anymore, and they wanted to stone Paul. They wanted to kill him. This, I mean, I'm serious. This was like, this was not a small thing that was going on in this city in terms of the fight to bring the bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to this city. Uh, um, the The people did not want to receive it. But yet, in spite of all the persecution, in spite of all of what everybody else was doing, this little church thrived. This little church at Ephesus thrived. And so Paul prays a special prayer for those who were the believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, who are operating under the power of the Holy Spirit, because it was nothing but the Holy Spirit that could have caused this church to thrive in a city that was completely polluted, completely uh, 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 degenerate, completely uh, just uh, um, idolatrous. All of these things were going on. How could a little church thrive? And that's when we want to talk about. That's why we want to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. That, you know, even though it looked like uh, everything was against this little church and nobody believed uh, uh, in the preachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. No one went to hear what Paul said, but yet Paul's words were so powerful that it outshadowed, overshadowed all of these horrible things that were going on in this city. And so Paul prays this prayer in the uh, third chapter of Ephesians, and and I want to hopefully um, allow you to see the um the depth of this prayer in light of what was going on in this city. Amen. So in verse 14, it says, For this reason, I kneel. Because, you know, Paul leaves the church in the hands of Timothy, and he is going on in his missionary journey. So he he but he's praying for this little church. And he says, For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and earth derives its name. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. Somebody say power. Power. That he may strengthen you with power through his spirit. Say his spirit. 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 He's praying that he would strengthen you with power through his spirit. In your inner being, not, 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 not so that uh, it would be something on display for everyone to see. He said, I, I'm praying that God would put something on the inside of you that people can't see it. Oh, this is what we're going to talk about dimensions in a minute. People can't see it. But when they are in your presence, they know it's there. Right. He said, that's what I pray that you would have that kind of power. That 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 the power that, that the power through His Spirit in your inner being. That, I hope you have your Bibles open. I hope you're seeing the scriptures. Oh, good, it's on the wall. Good, Hallelujah. But you're gonna need a paper, piece, uh, a piece of paper and a pencil. Hopefully, in a minute, because I'm gonna give you something. All right. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray. Here's the second part of the prayer. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power. There's that word again, power. Together with all the saints, oh rabba He says, I, I I don't want one or two of you to be walking and living and moving in the God's power in the any man in the inner man. I pray that this would hit. All of the saints, that, that we would be, that we would be, become, because if, what, if one can put, how many to fight Two can put. So how much can all of us put to flight? Do you understand what I mean? He said, I'm praying that you being rooted and established in love, and uh, uh, love pray, uh, may have power together with all the saints. Hallelujah. To grasp, I just just need to stop there for a minute. Because he says, I want you to have power. But I want you to have power that is rooted in love. Because see, when you have power, but you don't have love, it's a very dangerous thing. God, help me right now. Help me right now. Because I'm seeing... The demonstration of power in this nation, in this world, and how dangerous it is when it's not rooted in love. Does anybody get what I'm saying here? There's some powerful things going on in our nation right now, and it does not appear that it is rooted in love or rooted in compassion. I'm not trying to make any political statements, but I'm talking about economically, you know, the pharmaceutical companies that are putting more narcotics in the the marketplace than are needed because of greed. Oh, uh, maybe I'm in the wrong place. I don't know. I don't know. But there's a lot of power out there that is not rooted in love. But Paul's prayer for the church is that, You would have power in your inner man, but it would be balanced with love, that you would not try to intimidate, uh, you would not try to um, uh, uh, undermine or control. You wouldn't try to just cause people to do, see things your way because that's the way you see it, because that's the way I read the word, and that's the way I'm interpreting the word. Therefore, you must wear a shirt and tie to church because I said so. You understand what I mean? Now, I'm telling you, people can misuse power in so many words, when, ways when it is not rooted in love. But God says, I want you to walk in power, but I want it to be balanced. I want it to be, I want it always come from a place of love, from a place of compassion. He said, That's my, he said, that's my prayer for you. Now he goes on to say this. Oh, we're going somewhere else. Y'all with me? You still with me? That you may have the power together with all the saints. And why? He says, why, why do I want you to have power? Why do I want you to have balanced power? Oh, this is important. That you may grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep. This one says, that you may grasp the width, the length, the depth, and the height. That you may understand, that you may comprehend He says, I I, I know that it's going to take the Spirit of God for you to understand how wide, how high, how deep, how long the love of Christ is. He says, but I'm praying that you would begin somewhere in your inner man to understand this power that's working in you. Now, Paul is talking dimensional talk. My little granddaughter, when she was about four or five, she, she's eight now. She's four or five. She says, "Grantee, that's what she calls me. Grantee, because my name is Terry. Grantee, I love you to the moon and back." That was her dimension, and she wanted to understand me to understand the dimension of her love, that it was far-reaching to the moon and back. Now that she's eight, she loves me differently. I love you grantee to infinity and beyond. See, that's further than the moon and back. You see, in her mind, she is measuring. You get what I'm saying? Uh, so, So even though it is a mathematical equation technically, but she is using it to express an emotion. So uh, so the writer Paul says, I, I want you to understand this power of love that's in you. I want you to understand the width of it, mathematics, okay? How wide it is, how wide it is. And then I want you to understand how the length of it, how long it is. What is wide and what is long? What is wide and what is long? Hello? Are y'all with me? I want you to understand how wide this cross of Jesus Christ is. But I also want you to understand the length of it. It's wide. My love is so wide. This love that I want you to experience in the inner man is wide enough for the Chinese to come in. It's wide enough for the Spanish to come in, for the Jew, the Gentile, the black, the white. I'm going somewhere right now. And for the gay and the straight. Oh, I got you now. I just threw you a curveball. Because some parent is going to have to hear, Dad, guess what? I'm gay. What happens when it happens in your house that somebody all of a sudden does not fit into your neat little world? Am I telling you that don't pay any attention to the Bible, it's okay to be it? No, 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 no. I'm trying to tell you the kinds of things that you are going to encounter in your personal life, in this culture, in this time, and how God's love is wide enough to cover whatever goes down. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Well, you know, they just went out and decided, you know, they wanted to be a lesbian, wanted to be homosexual. How do you know what priests raped them? How do you know what what happened to them in their life that left them in that condition? We can't just condemn people to condemn people. God says, my love is so wide that I will find room. That when they come and they're in these situations where their their, their self-esteem is so low, and, and their friend says, well, come over here and be gay with me. And they do it, not because they're born that way. I don't believe people in bars downtown, everybody in that bar is born gay. Come on. This is a cultural phenomenon. But it's going to happen in your house, in your life. I don't know why I'm doing this. I really don't. But, but I think it's important, but it's just an example of the kinds of things that our love is going to have to cover. My brother called, called Charles and I so upset because my nephew decided that he wanted to marry a guy. He said, what should I do? Should I go to the wedding? Should I not go? And Charles was like, oh, no, heck no, you know, yeah. Fortunately, it turned out he couldn't go anyway. He was too sick to go. But I'm like, now what do I do when I see Brandon? Is the love of God in me wide enough to open my door and let him in? Or am I going to shut down? What if he wants to come out of that? Am I the last person that he would talk to or the first person? I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I'm not talking about right or wrong, whether it's right. I'm talking about the kinds of things that we have to contend with in this culture that we weren't prepared for 40 years ago, 20 years ago. The kinds of things that when our kids come to us and say, Dad, Mom, what should I do about this? We don't even know what to tell them because they didn't do that stuff. I don't know, you know, we're scratching our head. So we got to leave our kids out there. But whatever you're going through as young people, you got to know that my love for you is wide enough. It's wide enough because it's not my love. It's his love deposited in me in the inner man. So we're going to get through this. Understand what's happening in your culture. Why somebody would go on social media and say something that would cause one of your friends to commit suicide. It's happening all the time. Commit suicide because you got unfriended? Those are the kind of questions that we are going to have to face. People married for 30, 40 years saying, I'm getting a divorce. Where are you going to go after 40 years? but they're leaving because the culture allows it. But God says, wherever you find yourself in the spectrum of our culture, God says, I pray that you would be wide enough, that that my love in you would be wide enough to handle it, that I would give you the answers that you need and the love that you need. Yeah, you got power. You got power to shut people down and shut them out. But, that that, but when that power is rooted and grounded in love, something different happens. Charles and I have had to pray through so many things with our children. At one point, we had a daughter in a straitjacket in a mental hospital. Doctor said she would never be out. And I remember Charles going to the window of our bedroom and saying, God, this is me. You, 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 you can't let my child stay locked up in a mental hospital. God, this is me. You know me. God, you promised that the children of the righteous would be delivered. God. I'm talking about this inner power that's balanced with love through the Holy Spirit and when he finished praying and weeping before God you know what the doctor said I don't know what's happening but she's coming out of it she's married she has three kids she's not on any medication this is a girl that was in a straitjacket. I didn't say in a middle I said in a straitjacket, violent. The doctor said she would never recover. But the power of God's love. <laughs> my husband knew. He says, this is my child. She's coming out of this. And God wants you to operate in that kind of power. We had, we, had, we had another friend, and uh, her daughter was at UCLA, and she called her mom and said, "I mean, this was like out of the blue nowhere, don't know where it came from, don't know how it got there and Christian parents." And she called up, and she says, "Mom, I'm having a sex change operation. I want to be a man. I'm having my breast removed." And she called Charles and I, and she said, what should I do? I said, who do you trust more than anybody? Who of your friends do you trust more than anybody? And she says, well, I trust this couple, and I trust these people over here. I said, we're going to get together. We're going to spend the day together, and we're going to pray and fast together. He says, I want you to know together. He says, not just one or two. He said, but if when you had the power to come together, and Charles would tell us, what time we got there? We got there early in the morning, right, babe? And we stayed there all day, right? And we fasted and prayed all day into the evening for this one girl who's now married, who now has children, who never had the sex change operation, who finished college, got a job wearing a dress and heels. Because God says, I want you to know that kind of power. I want you to share that kind of power as a body of believers. I want you to be able to call two or three people and say, this is happening. Oh, no, 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 not on our watch. We got the power to break this. We love that person too much. Not the ones who sit around and say, ooh, did you hear what was happening in so-and-so's marriage? Ooh, did you hear what her daughter did? Did you, ooh, my gosh. Oh, oh, tell me what's going on so I'll know how to pray. You know, that kind of vicious, malicious stuff. Where you just, no, 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 no. He says, I want the love in you to be so deep. You understand what I'm saying? I want, it to be, I want it to be so wide. I want it to be so wide. He says, I, I want this love to be wide. And watch this. I want it to be wide, and I want it to be in balance. What, how would you feel if you came in, and this was up here at the top of the cross, the, and then the, this was sagging down. How would you feel? You look at that cross and say, that needs to be straightened, that's out of balance. So if the word of God is here, the word of God is here, the works are over here, and you were all word and no works, you'd be out of balance. Or if you were, well, all works and no word, you're out of balance. God says, as you are wide, you need to be wide and in balance. That you need love and mercy, but you need my word. You have to still know what my standard is. Wow. So even as you love, you will maintain the right standard. Not in legalism, but in love and compassion. Yeah. Yeah. That you may know that. Paul says, I'm praying that you may know that. Then he says that you may know the length, the length of my love. Width has to do with encompassing. Length has to do with how far God goes to reach the people he loves. How, How long will he wait for someone to turn back to me? How how far can they go? And and, and I've heard people say this so many times. Oh, they're too far gone. You know what God is saying? Let them go a little further. No, that's not far enough. Let them go go so far that people are saying, or you think in the natural, there's no way they're going to come to Christ. No way. They're too far gone. God says, let them go even further. Then you will know the length that I will go. You, you will know the length of my love. That you, David said this, where can I go from your presence? Where can I run and hide from your spirit? If I go to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you'll find me there. God says, I don't want you to give up on the length of my life, of how long, how long. Don't you give up on anybody. Don't you give up on your friends. I remember the first time I shared Christ with my sister, and she had, my younger sister, she had, you know, went to church. She was, from time to time, your mother Easter, you know, Christmas, that kind of thing. And I talked to her about salvation, and she literally cussed me out who oh, in the blank are you telling me I'm not saved? I'm Blankly blank. She was just going off. She really did. Okay? And uh, I just listened. I didn't say anything. And she slammed down the phone on my face. But not before I got a chance to tell her the difference between going to church and being saved and what that saved lo- life looked like, what it meant for Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit to come and take up residence. And she listened, and after she listened, she just cussed me out. But do you know what? The Word of God does not come back void. It's gonna accomplish what you sent it to accomplish. Because my sister is the most saved person in our family this day. No matter what she said, no matter how angry she was, God says, yeah, let her her not speak to you for another year. It's okay. I want you to see that there is no place. I want to pray that you would know in your heart that there's no length that I will not go to. To save, to deliver, to help you, to bring you through something. No length. I've seen people just with diagnosis, oh, they're beyond treatment. Can't help them. It's too late. Make some arrangements. It's done, dun 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 Got the doctor's report. The doctor said no hope. God says, great, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Now you're getting ready to see the length of my love. I'm bigger, longer, stronger than any report, anything a doctor could say, anything that a lawyer could say. I'm bigger, I'm greater. Now, the length and the width are two-dimensional. And if you you, you lay them down flat, if this cross was laying down flat, it would be two-dimensional. It would just be on a flat surface. But once it is set up like it is now, now it is three-dimensional. It not only has length and width, but it has height and depth. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know about you. I mean, some people, you know, I guess they've been saved or close to saved most of their life, always been good people, Never did anything wrong, never hurt anybody. Just one day they decided, I need Jesus in my life. You've always been a good person. You no know, great testimony. God said, "This is just what I love about Jesus. My God, He's awesome." He says, "I don't care how deep you go into sin." He, and, and so He comes in. And he goes to the deepest sinners. He goes over to Matthew's house. Who was that? Who was at Matthew's house? Who do you think was there? Drug dealers? You think any drug dealers, if you think a drug dealer was there, raise your hand, maybe. Okay. If you think any prostitutes were there, raise your hand. You think any homosexuals are there? Raise your hand. You think any cheater, robber, thieves, liars, and murders were there? Tax collectors, money, money grabbers? They were all there. He doesn't go to church looking for them. He goes to Matthew's house. Why? Because I want you to know how deep that there's no... Listen, God's love is so deep that when Jesus died on the cross, he went to hell to set the... Oh, I wish somebody... If somebody understood what I was saying, you'd be on your feet cheering right now. That God would send his son into hell to reclaim the lost? He says, Because I want you to know how deep my love is. There's a, David says, If I make my bed in hell, you will be there. And Jesus said, I'm on my way. I'll be right there. Don't you dare give up on anybody. I don't care how long they've been on drugs, how long they've been on alcohol, how crazy they act, how mean. I'm, I'm even saying how many people they killed. We have a relative right now facing murder charges. Charles is praying every day because I, I can tell this, can of honey? We had a nephew right now, went to jail for murder. You know what he's doing now? He's pastoring a church. He's out pastoring a church. He got saved in jail, did what, about 10 years in gang-related stuff, killed somebody, got out pastoring a wonderful church. God says, I don't care what your sin is. I don't care how deep it is. He says, but I want to pray that you might comprehend with all the saints Not the width and the height, but how deep my love is. Because just as deep as my love is, that you might understand the height where I want to take you to. You can't even comprehend it. You can't understand that God doesn't want you to live mediocre. Well, I'm just going to try to stay out of the way of all these sinners. I don't smoke and I don't chew and I don't fool with folks who do. I'm just staying out of their way. I'm not going out in that crowd because, you know, they're just shooting people up. I don't, I don't want to catch a bullet at Walmart. I don't want to go take a chance and go to a concert or a nightclub, you know, and, and, and get shot. Out. I'm too holy for all of that. You don't know where you might be. Where, where are you going to hide? The only thing that's hiding you is the blood of Jesus. That's the only thing that can hide you. Psalm 91 says, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge, my fortress, my help. In him will I trust. He will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They will bear you up with their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. That's your only hiding place. There's no place to hide. He says, I want you. He says, my prayer for you. It's for you to up- comprehend that. Yeah. Now, this is this is what he said. All of you, uh, all of you, and I'm trying to close, it says this. He says, I-, I want you to comprehend how wide, long, high, and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know the love that surpasses knowledge. This is not something in Christ that you can learn from reading, from going to Bible study, or to going getting an education, a psychology degree, a social. This is not something that comes from knowledge. Now, we talked about dimensions, we did, okay? And and and, and there is a dimension in Christ that goes beyond knowledge. Paul said this in, in, in 2 Corinthians. This is what he said. This is about the 2 Corinthians 12 and 2. It says, he said this. He says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up in the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. Only God knows. He said, I left the dimension of this world where we operate in our senses, our sight, our smell, our touch, our, all those five. He says, I left that. He says, I actually, he says, I don't know whether I was in my body or out of my body. He says, but I left this thing called time, where I know the past and I know the present, but I cannot see the future, not while I'm in time. I mean, I live in time. He said, but somehow, I stepped out of time and went into eternity, into an eternal realm where there is no time. And when you are caught up in that place, you not only see the past and the present, but you see future things because now you're no longer imprisoned by time. You are in a place where there is no time, where you see it all. Paul says, I was in that place, and I saw some things that were to come. I saw some things that had already happened. And have you ever prayed, and you started praying, and in that place of prayer, you looked up, and an hour or two had gone by, and you said, wait a minute, what happened? I just, I thought I just, you know, you, That's never happened to you. You left time. You left time, and God says, I want want you to know how to get to that place that is beyond knowledge. You remember remember when your mom would tell you, um, I don't want you uh, going over here because if you go over here, this is going to happen and blah, 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 and then it happens. You say, how did she know that? Because in time, there's only so much you can know. But God wants us to be able to step out of time in prayer. That we may know things that only the Holy Spirit can show us. We've got to spend more time in prayer if we are going to survive this age. That's all to it. There's all to it. Or you can be a sitting duck and you can be like one of those um, um, Christians who just, I just go to church and come home and hope everything turns out okay. Or you can be someone who has moved beyond just the knowledge of what's going around and, like, and comprehend something that's much greater. That's what God wants for the church. He wants you to have the kind of power that you know how to know and prepare for what's coming around you and what's coming around the people that you love, what's coming around, coming around your ministry, your work. He wants you to know that. I, I always like to share that. I was praying uh, one day, and I left time. I just left time. I just boop, stepped into another place. And all I could see was farmer's insurance. I always tell this story. Why would I go to a heavenly place and see farmer's insurance? And the, like farmer insurance signs all around. And I, I came back into time, finished praying, and I said, I well, was really tripping today, boy. You know, I go to work. Something happened at work. Well, we don't know who would even insure it with. You know what I told him? You know what I told him? Call Farmers Insurance. (laughs) Those are the kind of things. Charles, I I love you. We were praying because we had some ants in the kitchen last week. This was so good. You're going to love this. And the exterminator wanted to charge us like $400 to come and get rid of some ants in the kitchen. And I said, Charles, we pray for everything else. Let's just pray for these ants to go away. And we prayed. We said, God, in the name of Jesus... We ask you to just get these ants out of our house. We don't want to pay that money. You said you would rebuke the be devourer for our sake. These ants have got to go. And I go outside to my little garden place, and I'm praying. And for a moment, I step. And God said, peppermint oil. Peppermint oil, really? So I come back in time, and I said to Charles, you know, God told me to use peppermint oil. What do you think? He says, I don't know, I never heard of that. You know, I just know about raid, okay? <laughs> and, and he knows I hate raid because I have a lot of allergies and stuff. So I'm obeying what I'm hearing. I go to the market, I get a little bottle of peppermint oil, and I'm standing in line, and a lady's standing in line beside me. And you know what she said to me? She says, Oh, she says, you got peppermint oil. She, she said, You know, that's really good for killing ants. I almost shattered in the store. How could something so small, how could God be so concerned? How could he answer the smallest, slightest thing? Because I have learned to move into that dimension that's beyond knowledge and understanding and information on the internet. I have learned to talk to God. You better learn it. That's what I'm praying for you. That's what the apostle Paul prayed for you. Paul said this, i am close. Paul said this in Philippians, i am close. Paul says, he says, I, I want you to know that kind of love and that kind of power. <laughs> he said that passes all knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. He doesn't want you to be the victim of this culture. He wants you to be filled with the fullness of God. Because you've learned how to walk beyond knowledge, beyond human. You know how to enter that dimension that does not make sense into the world. You know that you pray to the point where the power of God is working in you in such a way that you recognize it. People recognize it and they're going to start coming to you. They're going to start calling you. Paul says this. Now, this is the hard part, and I'm closed. He says, he says I, Paul in Ephesians, he says, that you may know the love of God, the power of God, that you may know the length, the width, the height, the depth of it, that you may know every dimension of it, that it may pass, the, it's the kind of knowing and power that passes knowledge of understanding. Paul says over in Philippians, Philippians 3 and 10, he says, I want to know Christ in the power, there's that word power again, the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering, um, in the fellowship of his suffering, being, becoming like him even unto death. He says not that I've already attained. He says all, all this I have already been made all this or have I already been made perfect? But I press on to take hold of what, of uh, take hold of that for which Christ has taken hold of me. Let me tell you something as I close. A lot of you are going through things. <clears throat> it hurts. It's painful. Paul says, I understand something about knowing Christ. Sometimes to know him in the power of who he is, and for that power to manifest in you, you also have to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. Oh, we don't want to suffer. We've been taught, oh, no, 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 no. We don't suffer. Oh, no, 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 no. That's of the enemy. That's of the devil. But you know, sometimes God does His greatest work, when you have upsets, when you have setbacks, when things don't go the way you think they should go, when you are afflicted in your body, when your family goes nuts so. God says, Paul says that I may know him in the fellowship of his suffering. Why does Paul want to know him in the fellowship? Because I know that in that suffering, that the power of his resurrection is going to be released in me. When he was in that third heaven, he said he was in that third heaven. He says, I don't know why I was in the body or out. But he says, but God gave me a thorn. He says, and I said, God, this is too much for me to bear. You got to take this away. He said, uh-uh. My strength is another word there. My power is perfected. In your weakness. Oh, I'm telling you, when the world is watching the movie of your life and he sees how you're supposed to lose, you weren't supposed to win, you were going down, and then that final scene comes But God reminds us that there are more for us than there are against us. When he shows us that now unto him who is able To do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask, think, imagine. And according to what? It's according to the power that's at work mm, in you. And I I like this. It's according to the power that's being released in you. Mm -hmm. Why would he release power in you you don't need it? Nothing's happening. Everything is just wonderful and roses. He allows certain things to enter into your life, certain challenges are going to come. Why? So whatever's in you, that power that's in you, that's lying dormant, is going to get a chance to shine. And you're going to have the testimony of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. I know that I'm able to do exceedingly abundantly above because there's power at work in me. And he doesn't want that power just for you. He wants us to come together collectively and watch his power work as it is rooted in his love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. 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 God. There's somebody in here, (laughs) and you need a release of power. You're fighting against something. Right now, God is allowing you to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. And you're saying, God, where's the power? I need the power. You, You said it's working in me. God, stir it up. Somebody in here, you need God to stir up that power in you. You need to take back your family. You need to take back your health. You need to see things change. You need to see things turn around in your life. Somebody around you is losing their mind, and you're like you're feeling helpless. God said, you're not helpless. You're not helpless. Not only have I given you power, But I have given the power to you, plural. And for those who are standing, you need to stand with them and release the power that's in you with them. That's the prayer. Somebody in here, I just want to do an altar call right now. Somebody right now, you're saying, God, I need you to release that power. I want that power. And I want it to be balanced with your love. Come on, stand up right now wherever you are. I got it. You're, you're in a battle. Right now you've come to know him. Come on down here. Come on down here. Because you need to touch each other. You need to touch each other. Give me a minute out of my person. You need to touch each other. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you how poor I was when I was little. We lived in row houses in Philadelphia. And one time, they turned off our electricity. And my aunt lived next door. And you know what my auntie she ran an extension cord <laughs> out of her window. And somebody said, I don't know about that. Out of her window into our house so that we could have a light till we got. If there was no extension, then there's no power. There's no current. But if you just hook up this neighbor to that neighbor, Whatever power is in you, and some of you, you may be operating in a greater power than somebody else. But great power, small power. No, okay, let me do it this way: twenty watt, sixty watt, hundred watt, hundred fifty watt. Understand? He said hundred watt. Two hundred watt. Uh, uh, let's. What's, what's those lights that they put that we use in our garage, baby? The big ones. A Flood light. floodlight, Flood light. yeah. Flood there you, go. you know, get so hot it'll burn you. Yeah. Yeah. Hold her hand. You don't want her to be disconnected. <laughs> God is saying, all this power is flowing right now. You can anoint, baby. It's flowing right now. Father, I don't know what the situation is. For sickness, Father. Just start calling whatever the, whoever it is, call it out right now. Because the power is coming. Just hold on, to each other. Don't let go. Don't let go. Hold on, everybody. Hold on. Because this power is flowing right now. It's flowing. Somebody's got someone incarcerated. Rebe say to him. Someone's incarcerated. Yeah, just relax. Just relax, your arms. Just relax. Just sit down next door. Grab his hand. Grab his hand. Just grab your hand. Grab his hand. You'll be, okay. You'll be okay. Yeah. Someone's going through. You're saying, Yeah, I know him in the fellowship of myself. He's suffering right now. I know it. I'm going through it. Someone, call out your family names right now. Whatever it is that you're worried about, what you're concerned it may be in your health, it may be sickness. It may be some report that you got from an attorney. It may be financial. You're going through it. You don't know how you're going to make it. You don't know how you're going to stay in your house. You just don't know. Some of them, your kids are going through divorce. Rebe say to him, Oh, Glory. Somebody here, somebody right now. You, you, there's someone that you love and you don't even know where they are right now. You don't even know what, what's going on right now. But God knows right now. He's saying, I'm going to let you step out of time and into an eternal realm. Just close your eyes. Because you have the power. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you have the power right now. to step out of time. Come into the eternal realm. Where there is power. Where there's hope, where there are answers, where there is help. Just take a step forward. Step into it right now. Step into it right now. I'm stepping into it right now. Just step into it right now. Step into it right now. Whatever it is, step into it right now. I'm stepping into the eternal realm where I know there's healing, where I know there's wholeness, where I know there are answers. God, I believe in the name of Jesus. As I leave this place, you're going to speak to me. And it might not be peppermint oil. I don't know what the answer is that you need, but it's going to be a keep holding hands. Keep holding hands with someone, okay? Don't break the chain. I don't know what it is that you need, but he knows you need it. He knows you need it, and you're not in time right now. Right now, we're in another place. I guarantee you, we're in another place right now. We're in a place where the power of God is being released into your situation, into your circumstance, to your children, your children's children. He said, oh, if two or three just touch and agree, he says, my power will go out. Don't break that connection. Just hold on and grab somebody else's hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, let's pray together. Let's pray. Let's pray in the spirit. Let's pray in the spirit. Let's just pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Come on, pray in the spirit. Everybody connected. Everybody connected. Everybody connected. Everybody connected. Everybody connected. connected. Oh, come on. God sees your individual situation. You're in His presence right now. You're in His presence right now. You're in His presence right now. Just tell Him what you need. Talk to Him and let Him talk to you. Let Him talk to you. Let Him show you what He wants to do, what He's going to do. Let Him show you what you're going to do. Let me tell. Let him show you whether you should say yes or no. Whether you should go or be still. Whether you should try or just be still. Let him, let him show you the new door that's opening for you right now. God, show it to them right now, the new door. Show them the way that you're making God out of a situation that they thought was impossible. They're in the eternal realm right now, God. They're in the room with You, God, right now, Father. Show them. Show them what they need to see right now. Show them what they need to see. Show them what they need to know right now. You've done it for Me, God. And I know if You've done it for me, You'll do it for her, and You'll do it for him, and You'll do it for her. You'll do it for Charlie. You'll do it for Pastor. You'll do it for Mary. You'll do it for all of us. Let's worship Him worship him. Come on, lift your voices and worship him. Lift your voices and thank him. Lift your voices and praise him. Because you're in the places where the angels are right now, where the angels are worshiping him day and night. They're crying, holy, holy, holy. And you need to cry with them. And you know why the angels call up, cry holy, Pastor, Pastor Chuck? Do you know why they cry holy? Because every time they cry holy, God releases new power into them so that they can come and do exploits. And when you cry holy, 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 God says, I'll empower you. I'm just gonna release power into you. Cry holy. 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 He's doing it right now. Cry holy. Cry holy. Right now, he's sending angels into your situation. To people in your families, you cry holy. Holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy. He's changing the report right now. He's changing situations and circumstances. You're crying holy, 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 holy. 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 Lord God Almighty, who is and was and is to come. Now, Lord, we give you glory. Glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Praise. Because you're worthy. worthy. We've walked into a dimension, Father. That doesn't make any sense to us in the natural. It's beyond our senses, Father. But we know that you are there. We know, Father, that you are here. That you are showing us. And I I just see someone driving off the parking lot this morning. And God is going to have a conversation with you as you drive away. And he's going to say, do this. Don't do that. I'm doing this. He's going to show you things. He's going to give you things that make no sense in the moment peppermint oil farmer's insurance didn't make any sense to me in the moment God just hold on to this word because it's going to mean something to you very shortly let's give God a praise offering let's give God a praise offering hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're done.